I'm honored this morning to be able to share with you an incredible story in the Old Testament that centers around the table. And I'm honored to be able to share with my church family in communion at the very end. But I want us to understand the significance of the table that awaits us in heaven. As Jesus has prepared an incredible feast for you and I one day to partake in. I want you to remain seated this morning uh, as we're going to walk through this scripture together. As I believe in 2 Samuel chapter 9, it's one of the, the most incredible stories of grace. You see, for you and I to be able to experience what we're going to experience this morning is simply only because of God's amazing grace through Jesus and his sacrifice and his payment for our sins through his body being broken and his blood being shed. So in 2 Samuel chapter 9, I want to walk through 13 verses, which is the entire chapter, and share this story of grace. And in the end, invite you to the table. So here we go. Verse 1, David asked, is there anyone remaining from Saul's family that I can show kindness to because of Jonathan. There was a servant of Saul's family named Ziba. They summoned him to David. And the king said to him, Are you Ziba? I'm your servant, he replied. So the king asked, Is there anyone left of Saul's family that I can show kindness to? Ziba said to the king, There's still Jonathan's son, who is lame in both feet. And the king asked, Where is he? Ziba answered the king, You'll find him in Lodabar at the house of Micah, son of Amiel. So, the, so King David had him brought to the house of Micah, son of Amiel, in Lodabar. First thing I want you to notice in this text is we have King David, who has it all, who has everything at his feet. And yet, there was something missing. There was something missing. That something was a pact, was a promise that he had made to his very best friend, Jonathan, years ago. You see, if you flip back just after David defeated Goliath. What, 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 an, what an incredible scene that must have been. For everyone to see, and there was one spectator that was just absolutely blown away with it, and that was Jonathan. And so right after that unfolds, David and Jonathan make this pact. They make this promise to one another that if anything were to happen to each one of them or either one of them, that the other would take care of the other's family. 
You see, Jonathan had gone on and passed away. And David remembered this pact, this promise that he had made to Jonathan. You flip back, I believe it's in chapter 6, you'll find the story of when Mephibosheth, Jonathan's son, was dropped by a servant as a young boy. You see, Jonathan's family was being pursued at the time. And in a hurry to get out and to flee and to get away, a servant picked Mephibosheth up. And as they were running, she dropped him. And he became lame in both feet. He was paralyzed. And as David is remembering this promise, this pact that he made with Jonathan, he summons a servant of Saul. Now think about this. Who tried to have David killed? Saul. But his very best friend was Saul's son, Jonathan. David says, I I want Mephibosheth to come to me. Here's what I want you to understand about this text, and we'll move on. It's even when you thought no one cared, even when you thought no one noticed you, guess what? Jesus did. And Jesus does. You see where they found Mephibosheth in Lodabar. Many say that that place of Lodabar was a place where the folks that thought they were outcasts, they were unwanted and unloved, that's where they went. It was a deep, dark hole. It was a city that was full of cast-offs, or so they thought. And Mephibosheth had automatically, because of his lame feet, eliminated himself from any favor, from anyone, and placed himself in this place called Lodabar. And I think there's times where we in our lives, we do the exact same thing. We think we're a nobody. We think nobody cares about me. Nobody notices me. Nobody wants anything to do with me. And yet there's one man who gave it all so that you could understand and realize that there is someone that cares for you, there is someone that loves you, and there is someone that wants to bring you out of that place called Lodabar. And it's Jesus. You read on in verse 6, Mephibosheth, son of Jonathan, son of Saul, came to David. And he bowed to the ground and paid homage And David said, Mephibosheth, I'm your servant, he replied. Don't be afraid, David said to him, since I intend to show kindness because of your father, Jonathan. I will restore to you your grandfather Saul's fields and you will always eat meals at my table. Mephibosheth bowed down and he said, What is your servant that you would take interest in a dead dog like me? Listen, no matter where you've been, no matter what you've experienced, the lowest of lows, Jesus is always there. He's always there. He always has been And he always will be. 
You see, Mephibosheth referred to himself as a dead dog. Listen to me. What you've experienced, what you've gone through, your position in this life, wherever you're at, does not have to determine your future. David extended incredible, an incredible, incredible amount of grace to Mephibosheth to prove to him that just because you're lame in your feet, just because you believe you deserve this place called Lodabar, no, you deserve a place at my table. You deserve a seat at the king's table. Your, Your current state, your current position does not have to determine your future. Because your future is at my table. Having restored to you all that your grandfather Saul owned. Lastly, we'll skip down to verse 10. It says, You, your sons, and your servants are to work the ground for him. It's talking to Ziba. And you are to bring in the crops so your master's grandson will have food to eat. But Mephibosheth, your master's grandson, is to always eat at my table. This morning as we get ready to prepare ourselves for communion in the Lord's Supper, I want you to understand something. There's a seat waiting for you. There's a seat waiting for me in heaven. And I believe with all of my heart that when I get to heaven, there's going to be a feast. And it's going to be a throwdown like never before because that's what Jesus has prepared for you and me. You see, just as David extended grace to Mephibosheth, did Mephibosheth do anything to deserve that seat? No, he didn't. But it's because of grace that David extended to him that Mephibosheth could now eat at the king's table. You know, in the same way, Jesus extends that same grace to you and I. Do we deserve a seat at the king's table? No, we don't, because I'm a wretched, poor sinner. And the only thing that I deserve is hell. But because of his amazing, incredible grace, I now have a seat at the king's table. And I want to invite you this morning to the king's table. So as our deacons prepare the table for us, I want to invite you to think back and reflect on where you stand with Jesus this morning. I got to tell you this. You're going to see it here in just a moment anyway. There's a new seat at the table. There's a new seat. That seat's occupied by my son, Grady Parks, who last night 
as we were talking about communion. And over the past several weeks has had a ton of questions about salvation and coming to know Jesus. We got out of the car and I'm a firm believer that if I can talk you into something, I can talk you out of it. But we had the opportunity last night to sit on the hill with Grady and share in his salvation experience and listen to him pray and ask Jesus to come into his heart and to forgive him of his sins. I don't know where you stand this morning in your relationship with Jesus. But I want you to think about as the, the cup is being, or the, the bowls are being passed, I want you to think about this. This is a sacred time. The Last Supper was an event where Jesus brought his disciples together just before his crucifixion. In fact, this was the last meal he would have here on earth. He did this as it was in symbolic to what was about to take place. And we do this now as believers in Christ. This is for believers in Christ, those who have prayed and asked Jesus to forgive them of their sins. Come into their life and live for Him. This is for that believer. And each time we do this, this is an opportunity for you and I to reflect, to reflect on our relationship with Jesus and where we stand.